Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. All right, Matt Steinmetz along with Evan Giddings today. Guru will be back next week, and let's get right to it. He's a senior writer at The Ringer. You can catch uh, Howard Beck on The Real Ones podcast every Monday. And his most recent piece is about the Warriors, Draymond Green, and the state of the Golden State Warriors dynasty. Howard, how you doing, man? And let me let me start here because I think... You know, I've been introducing you all day for the last, teasing you for the last three hours about he wrote a story on the Warriors and the dynasty uh, in relation to other dynasties. But for people that might think, ah, oh, man, Beck wrote about the end of the Warriors dynasty, how would you, dis- <laughs> how would you uh, describe kind of what you wrote? Uh, good to be joining you guys again. Thank you for having yeah, me. Appreciate absolutely, the, buddy. Appreciate the plug. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is, look, I'll, as a backdrop, before I answer your question, as a backdrop, I'll just say this. You know, four and a half years ago, whenever, uh, June 2019, I was among the many who wrote basically what I would call, uh, as we obnoxiously do in, in the journalism industry, an obituary for the Warriors dynasty then, on the, on the night that, that they lost to the Raptors and Clay had gone down and KD had gone down and everything was a mess. And we thought it was over, and there was good reason to think it was over, and of course, you know, it was not over. Um, and so I think I'm probably never going to, to write them off <laughs> again, and even these, you know, a couple of years later, and, and there's that much more age and mileage and everything else that, that's happened, um, to say nothing of obviously all the stuff with Draymond, it's easy to say, well, this looks like the end. And there's a lot of reasons to look at it and, and say, you know, maybe this is how, it's, how it goes. Maybe this is just, you know, one one blow too many, um, losing Draymond to this long suspension, everything else, and maybe it's not recoverable. I'm not there, and my piece is not about that. It's more about just the idea that, listen, if this thing is coming to a close, if, this, if the, the, the horizon is nearing, it's because that's what happens to dynasties. This is not about Draymond. My main thing was I was kind of reacting to the, the conversation around Draymond's suspension as like, Draymond's going to kill what's left of the dynasty. And I, I just don't buy that. If the dynasty is ending, it's going to be because of everything else. It's going to be age and injuries and that these guys just aren't quite at the same peak they were even a, a year and a half ago when they won the last one. And, you know, there have been some, some bets made in, in the draft that didn't work out and signings that didn't work out. And, but the main thing to me was just putting it in perspective of all the dynasties in NBA history because the vast majority of them Last about eight or nine years, which is where they are right now. And, 
if it's going to end, it, it's it's just because that's the nature of things. Right. That's how these things go. Yeah, and Howard, in the piece, you, you sort of define a dynasty as, as three years within a decade span. Obviously, the Warriors have, have four now. Um, but what, what do you think is the biggest reason for the quote-unquote dynasty being extended? And is it also the reason why you wouldn't write them off this season? Well, you know, that the dynasty had a second gasp in them after we all thought it might have been over in 2019, largely because Steph has also, you know, to talk about perspective here in terms of a historical standpoint, players like Steph, especially of Steph's size, don't generally remain this dominant, MVP-level dominant, this late in their careers. You know, he's turning, I think he's turning 36 in March, right? So guards in general, smaller guards, tend to, to fade out by now historically. But Steph has defied all that, and Steph is still playing at an incredible level, and, and what a performance last night. And... That's the main thing. Um, you know, there, there's probably other factors that went into their ability to, to actually extend it. Uh, you know, look, they caught lightning in a bottle to an extent um, with, with, you know, Jordan Poole having a breakthrough season. And then, of course, the Jordan Poole magic didn't last long enough, and now he's gone. Um, but, uh, you know, in every single championship run, there's some things that break your way. And I think some things broke their way that season, too. Uh, but I think a lot of it is just simply that Steph, and to a lesser extent, uh, Draymond were, have been able to extend their their primes in a way, right? They're not in their primes right. anymore technically, but they've been able to play at a certain level. And I think because they are, listen, they're both still playing at a really high level. So when Draymond gets back, and if Clay can sustain this run he's on, I, you know, like I, I'm not ruling anything out. I'm not about to predict a, another championship run, right. but. There's there's still like there's still something there, and I would not write them off. Hmm. Howard Beck joining us on ninety five seven The Game, senior NBA writer at the Ringer. His most recent piece was on the Warriors, Draymond Green, state of the dynasty, and uh, comparing it with other dynasties. I look at it this way, and just bear with me, Howard. So you got Boston and L.A. Uh, to me, those are the two preeminent franchises, and they have had a multitude of superstars over decades and decades and decades. Then you have the Spurs, who were a dynasty, and they kept it going through the draft. In large part, you know, Robinson to Duncan, then they got Kawhi. The Chicago Bulls are a team that never won. They they drafted Michael Jordan. He won six, and they've never signed a free agent of huge import since. And when I look at the Warriors in the context of all the you know those five dynasties, do you think it's possible that after Steph retires? That the Warriors may experience uh, a level of, of of restraint from free agents wanting to go there because of the shadow of Curry, similar to the shadow of Michael Jordan. It's a really interesting question, um, and yeah, I mean we can we can leap forward a little bit here as long as the listeners understand we are this is a hypothetical <laughs> sure. exercise, and we are we are not declaring this thing over yet or any necessity. No, no, for, exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, I think a couple things happened after the Bulls dynasty uh, was was broken up, right? Like, so Michael retires in '98, and they decided they made the, the decision as a franchise: we're not going to try to like extend this thing and find somebody else to play with Pippen. And but like, they were like, no, right. we're tearing this thing down. They even, as we know from the Last Dance, like they were telegraphing that before Michael had even retired. They they had decided this was it, and so. I think in addition to nobody wanting to, to play in Jordan's shadow, which is definitely a thing. Right. 
but but the Bulls also like were kind of a mess. Player, they were kind of a mess, and players and agents didn't really respect them gotcha. at that for for a long time. Also, by the way, it's just really hard. It's like very few teams have been able to construct a championship contender strictly through free agency. And so it, it's, it, it's not entirely on the Bulls that they've never been able to reach those heights again. But they've also had some opportunities missed along the way. They've had misfortune, the Derrick Rose knee uh, injury back when they were first starting to emerge again. They were foolishly let go of Jimmy Butler when they traded him. Like, it, it's, it's a lot of things that have caused the Bulls to have this, this long time out in the desert, basically, since the, the, the 90s dynasty. But, yeah, I mean, listen – Look what the Spurs have been going through. And now they've got Wembenyama, and they've got all the, the hope in the world again. But, you know, since the moment that they lost Kawhi Leonard, like, it didn't really look like the, the Spurs were going to be heard from as a relevant team anytime soon again. And, and now there's new hope there. But, you know, for a lot of teams, you just got to get lucky. Big market, small market, wherever. Um, it's going to require some good fortune. And, you know, we, we, we refer to guys like Steph Curry as a once-in-a-generation player for a reason. You're, you just don't get them very often. And so, yeah, look, I don't want to get dour uh, during the holidays here, but, yeah, when, whenever he finally retires, it, chances are it's going to be a while before they get to, to, to enjoy that level of success again. Well, we certainly hope it's not for a while, but I'm, I'm with you. Life without Stephen Curry is going to be one that I, at this point, don't really want to imagine. But in, in regards to, to the dynasty conversation and bringing it back to Draymond Green, I, I'm with you that, he is not going to be the sole reason for if and when the dynasty ends because of the factors that you mentioned, Howard. But would it be fair to say that with his, uh, you know, kind of increasing amount of of incidents and antics uh, that impact the availability of his play on the court, is it fair to say that he might be accelerating the end of the dynasty, or is that going too far? Yeah, I don't think I even would sign on to that one. I, I, I get it. I'm not telling anybody who's, who, who would put that premise out there that, there's, that they're completely wrong. Like, it's possible. But the thing is, as much as we say, well, like, my God, look at all these things that Draymond has, has done or all the things that, that he's been involved in. The fact is, like, he's been in the league for whatever, a dozen years, and there were some other things along the way, but nothing that reached the level, especially in, in short, a short span as the Rudy Gobert and, and Nurkic incidents in, in such close proximity to each other, it does seem like something else maybe is going on there. And it feels like Steve Kerr sort of alluded to that. Uh, I'm not sure. I wasn't sure how to interpret it, but maybe, you know, like Draymond, even though he has a track record, has never had this kind of repetitive offenses stepping over the line in, in such a short span of time. That so to to assume that that suddenly that's the new normal. He's going to come back and keep having these issues. Well, that's why he's going through the counseling or, or whatever steps he's taking right now. I'm going to assume because Draymond's a really smart and very thoughtful person, as as you guys know well. He's going to come back whenever he's reinstated, and I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that he's going to channel his his uh, intensity and aggression in a more constructive manner, as we've most of the time seen mm-hmm. for the last. 10 years right and and they'll be fine that's my best guess if the if if this it's like i wrote if this thing ends sooner than later if this season is the last season that we see of this group it's going to be because of other things it's going to be because they decide not to extend clay and maybe he leaves as a free agent it may be because steve kerr decides to walk away and what are the you know look they can still win a ton of games obviously as long as you've got steph 
But if if Clay isn't there, if Steve Kerr's not there, and Bob Myers is already gone, like you're just missing all of these other elements that made that franchise special. It starts with Steph, but all of these other people that we've just named were hugely influential in this run. And so I think if it's over, it's going to be because of the slow attrition of losing other key figures. And and then the question becomes, well, what if you could find another, you know, a, 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 you know, backcourt mate for Steph who can do some of the things that Clay did, you know, or who can be more of a three and D type next to him? Um, can you find other ways to fill in the, the rotation that make them still a really high level team? But if it's not, if Clay's gone, like I think you guys would agree, this is more than just sentimentality here. It won't seem like the same thing if Clay is gone. Um, and I don't think they're going to trade Draymond, but what if that happened? Sure. What if Steve Kerr, what if Steve Kerr walks away? It, 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 they could still extend the run, but it won't feel like the same thing. Right, right. Senior writer, senior NBA writer uh, at the Ringer, Howard Beck, joining us. Let me let me kind of get you out of here on on this one, uh, Howard. And I appreciate your time. We do. Um, did, did the Minnesota Timberwolves have a shot to win a title? My only real skepticism there, and skepticism is even too strong of a word, perhaps. One, it's early, right? We're a quarter way into the season, a little bit more than a quarter way in. So let's see them do this for a little while longer before we start, you know, crowning them anything. Um, two, they just don't have any experience. Like they've had a cut. Like Anthony Edwards has had like two playoff uh, appearances, and they both were first round and out. And it's pretty rare to, to go from that kind of team that's like a fringe playoff team that can't win a series to suddenly being a contender. Their record suggests that they are right now. Their defense certainly suggests that they've got a chance. And they've got some really, uh, you know, like Anthony Edwards is a, is a phenomenal player, and Rudy Gobert is back to being a, a defensive wrecking ball, and, you know, Towns is obviously incredibly talented. Like, the, the, the requisite stuff is there. Nas Reed has been excellent for them. There's, like, a lot of a lot to believe in and a lot of good reasons to be positive. But the idea that, that, they're, that they can knock out the Nuggets or get to the finals and then beat, the, say, the Celtics or Bucks, I think that's a lot to ask of a young team that just is just now starting to figure out who they are. Yeah, it might be the year before the year. I, uh, I hear what you're saying. Hey, uh, Howard, thank you so much for joining us, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, great peace in the ringer, and happy holidays to you and your family. Always a pleasure, fellas. You too. Take care. Yes, sir. Howard Beck, formerly the New York Times, now of The Ringer. Uh, You can also catch Howard on The Real Ones podcast every Monday. Every Monday. Now, why'd you go and do that? Do what? Why'd you have to ask about Minnesota? Because I was I was looking at the standings, and this is somewhat recent recency bias, but I'm and I know I I like to poo poo everybody who takes too much out of one game, but when I do it, it's always okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. No, um, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the Celtics last night. And I'm like, I, I don't think they're winning it. I, I, I they they don't they I just don't. I don't see it. Well, I, I'm not saying it's outside the realm of possibility. No, and is. when you when you put up uh, other teams, you realize. But I don't. If I take de- if I ask you, you got to pick the NBA champion, but it can't be Denver. Who are you picking? Can't be Denver because that's what I would just. Hey, Stein, who's going to win it? Well, nah, just give me Denver because they won it last year. But you can't take Denver. Who are you taking? Milwaukee. Something missing there, too. I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, it's Drew Holiday. It's, it's still early. It's still early, though. Well, uh, but uh, Howard's right. But but what the Wolves and your uh, your faith in them has going for you is, I think, kind of what we're also seeing in the NFL right now, which is there's not really a team that has 
all the typical boxes checked for a Super Bowl contender. Like, the Chiefs got some issues. Well, they got the best quarterback and they got the experience, but they don't have the best team. Outside of that, okay, so the quarterbacks with Super Bowls are Aaron Rodgers, and he's hurt for the year. Uh, I think people consider Matthew Stafford. His team's not particularly good. Um, Joe Burrow doesn't have a Super Bowl, but he's out for the year, and that's a, a sexy contender for a lot of people, or was when he was playing. So right now, you got a bunch of teams that have relatively inexperienced quarterbacks or quarterbacks that haven't played on the biggest stage yet. Yep. In the NBA, conversely, you got the Celtics, who do have a trip to the finals, but for some reason don't have people's confidence, and I think it's apparent last night as to why. Milwaukee's the only team with championship contention, but they're giving up 120 a game. Like They don't seem like a team that defensively can win a seven-game series and muck it up. And then Denver's the reigning champs, but they've only done it once. Like It does feel like it's kind of up for grabs this year, and I know it's 20... You know, seven sure. games in, but but that to me is is what the Wolves have going for them. It's like there's no other team out there that's saying, all right, they're definitively the best, and they got championship experience, and they got the best player. I don't think any team has it right now. Yeah, if you're asking Matt Stimes to handicap the NBA right now, here's what I'll do for you. Okay, if I had to pick a team, I'd have to pick Denver only based on the fact that they want like, you know, I was think. Well, in well, large they're part, the best player in the league. They got a pretty good defense. Okay, so bear with me here. Somebody comes up to me and says, Steinmetz, you have to bet. I don't really want... No, you have to. And you can't take Denver. I was just looking at the NBA standings and, and thinking, huh, there's also another team I'm, I'm putting in there. Mm. First of all, I, I, to me, Minnesota, I, I agree. Minnesota's issue is um, they don't have a lot of players who've gone deep into the postseason. I also think they have a depth issue. Let me tell you, and I and I I add and subtract to this. I have a two. I have a new team entering the championship possibility group. Philly. Yep. Why is that? I just love their pecking order. I love where they're at. I love they don't have Harden. I feel like Embiid is. You know, I don't. I don't want to get into him and Jokic. I think they're both phenomenal. I just. I like. I like the way they're playing. The, the Sixers, and they're, to me, one player away from, they could be a problem. Uh, Mike's in Hayward. Let's go to Mike in Hayward. What's up, Mike? How you doing, man? Yeah, doing fine. I would agree on, I would agree with you as far as Steph Curry's greatness, that he is probably the hardest player to ever guard. I mean, every, every opponent just says that about him. Right. And right. he has to work at not being guardable. Right? Yeah, exactly. So that's his great. That's his greatness, as far as I'm concerned. That's well said. And then that's all I have to say about that. But I think that's it because I don't know whoever plays against him, they they can't guard him. Right. They don't want to guard him. Right. And so uh, that's his greatness, right? Over Jordan or anybody else, he's the hardest player to ever be guarded. Another thing I want to give you a opinion of trade, trade that guy from Indiana, Senator Jackson. That guy yeah. looked like he might be the man. He looks pretty good last night. It, that, he's, he's getting like twenty nine minutes a game. But you think he's going to get any more minutes, or is he, those minutes are going to keep up like that? Think Curry's going to play more like that? Hmm. I think he's going to get every chance, Mike. That's what uh, that's what Steve Kerr seemed to indicate last night. I think Mike touched on an important point, which was obvious last night. Steph, as well as CP3, but mainly Steph, can play with TJD. And they are successful with TJD on the floor. 
that's a big reason why it was always hard to envision Wiseman being successful in Golden State because he, he couldn't play with Curry. If you can't play with Steph on the floor, you're not going to play. Like, that's just, them's the ropes. Yeah, exactly. 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 And the guys who come in and are, are you know, tend to be more developed, tend to play more for the Golden State Warriors, at least this iteration of the Golden State Warriors. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Uh, yeah, I like Davis's kid. I like him. Dale? Yeah. Trace Dale, Jr. Dale Davis's kid. Baby T's gone, Steiny. Got his first double-double. The baby T. Oh, that's Yeah, his right. nickname. Remember yeah. they calling him Baby T, but he hated it. And then remember earlier in the year when he got a double-double, but one rebound was rescinded because he got taken off the box score, so he was officially Baby T again. That's right. Yeah, Clay Thompson retired in the locker room last night. All right, yeah, take a listen. That is his new nickname, correct? Telling the one trace of my life. That's Trace Thompson, MLB player, father to Roman. <laughs> you like just hearing him like that? Uh, he's doing better. He's back. He's uh, he's doing better. You see the way he, like he introduced him like a like a make it like a medieval monarchy. Exactly. Like, uh, trace, son of uh, son of Michael, father of Roman, first of his name. <laughs> um. Let's talk about. Uh, you, want, you want to hear a little from TJD? Yeah, I do. Let's hear a little from TJD. Or do you want to hear people praising him? Let's hear the kid talk. Uh, okay, we'll ask him about his nickname. I have indeed. Clay announced it right when we got in the locker room, so I think I'm Trace Jr. now. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's more <laughs> TJD. Um, I've blocked a lot of shots. Um, it felt good, especially he had it in his left hand. So um, I thought I had a chance. I thought I timed it right. And then at the end of the day, just instinct, go get the ball. So um, I did feel it, actually. Um, it did bend back a little bit, um, but I'm just glad I got a piece because that would have been on Sports Center. So Yeah, I feel like not the dunk, but on the layup. His, his first one on Brown? Yeah, I thought yeah. Brown got it. I thought he snuck it to the backboard, but he didn't. In fact, I saw the first re- replay, and I thought... I think that hit the backboard first. Then I looked again, and I don't think it did. No, but I don't but, think it did. Right, the one on Brown. First well, of all, it was can, close, but I you, didn't think it was. Yeah, if you pin it, it's okay. You I can was pin. sitting behind the backboard, so yeah. it was tough. No, I think they were both really good. 
Well, the one where he stuffed the dunk, and this is like, I don't know. Again, to bring it back I, to the Celtics, I it's don't. just it's so hard to. The Warriors won that game last night, and they were more buttoned up than the Celtics were. But there's something, it's like watching Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, especially Brown, and he's done this even back to his, his college days at Cal. Like, he just doesn't play with feel. Like, that's not a play you're going like, I know that that's a rookie in Trace Jackson Davis he hasn't seen before, but that's not a play. You're not going to dunk on him. It's, I don't know. Like, it didn't appear to me like he had a chance. And he just decided, you know what, I'm going to rise up and try and stuff it on this kid. And to TJD's credit, he got his hand in the way of the rim. I don't know. No, there was something about Tano. It's just somebody on the uh, Comcast business tax line. Oh, here it is, 408. They're much better with Porzingis. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that he didn't play last night, and, and he is absolutely a player who needs to be accounted for, and that might have meant something. Boy, all that said, though. I don't know. They probably would have taken 65 threes with Porzingis on the floor last night. I mean, to me, the one... like Porzingis... Well, Drew Holiday's pretty good. He is. You know, talking about a passer. Like, Porzingis might be one of their better passers, but no. Does Tatum make anybody better? Jalen? Brown? Does he make somebody better? They're good individual two-way players. Jalen Brown's the highest-paid player in the league? For now, until until Tatum until Tatum can't gets pay, it back this you, summer, you can't. If they don't if they don't win it this year, I don't think you can pay Tatum. Can you? Well, you can't choose Brown over Tatum. Well, Brown's been chosen. He's the chosen one. Well, you try to get off him. Can, why can't you trade uh, uh, keep Brown over Tatum? By the way, because Tatum's a better player. Well, he might be, but that doesn't necessarily mean maybe they need. I think they may need a one in there. And if they get a one, guess what? I think Tatum be a, a worse two than Jalen Brown. See what I'm saying? You think so? Yeah, maybe. Well, Brown was better in the finals when they played than, than Tatum was. Yeah, I'm just no, no, no. I don't. Jay, here's my point: is I'm. You can make a case that neither of them are a one. They're one and a halves. Correct. So if they're one and a halves, you know what? Flip a coin. Like Drew Holiday is like, kind of more of a one than either of those two guys. No, I hear, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. I just like they. I don't think they're they complement each other uh, as well as uh, as well as some other teams. All right, eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero is the number. Don't forget, it's a Warriors Wednesday. Brought to you by Friedman's Appliance, a trusted name since nineteen twenty two. Visit Friedman'sAppliance.com today. Also, that segment brought to you by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. Tell us what it is, damn it. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. Uh, Steiny and Evan Giddings with you. 95.7 The Game. Warriors beat the Celtics in OT last night, 132-126. Yeah, yesterday, uh, the boss, Matt Nahegan, was pressed into some duty uh, around this time. And uh, he saw that we had some phone lines that were occupied. And he said, what do you say? Since this is a 10-minute segment, you want to do a little rapid fire through these phone calls? This was yesterday. Let's do it. And I said, let's do it. Well, I'm looking today, and we've got some people on hold. And I say, we just do a little rapid fire till we get Willard and Dibs in here in 10 minutes. And so that's what we're going to do, and we're going to start with Vegas Rob. Vegas Rob. 
How you doing, buddy? Hey, how y'all doing? What's up, man? Hey. I just want to say, I just want to say they talking about Steph, Steph shouldn't be on that list. I don't think LeBron should be on that list because he did. they comparing him to people who did it with one team. He did it. He bounced around teams. But, you know what I'm saying, since they talking about three-point shooters, the person that they should have on that list is Big Shot Bob. Robert Ory has seven championship rings, and nobody talk about that. And he was a three-point assassin. So how, how Steph can't be on that list? That's well, thank, no, thanks for the call, right? Yeah. Come on. yeah that's fair, fair question. He's a role player, Robert Ory. Not taking anything away from his rings, and he had a m- bunch of big shots in his career. It's clutch. RJ in Napa. Hey, RJ, how you doing, man? Happy holidays, gentlemen. I just, Happy uh, holidays. one thing that I, yeah. that's right. One thing that I think was, uh, Boston translation last in last night's wonderful win for the Warriors was uh, the epically terrible performance by that Hauser guy on the Celtics. Um, dude literally just came in. I think it was like 0 for 9 from 3. Seven. Um, I don't think he did anything else on the stat line. And, uh, I mean, if the guy even shoots 28% from three-point range, they probably win that game. Um, and I just, I, what I want to do is call the Celtics today and offer to play for uh, half of his salary, and I guarantee I can do the same exact thing. You guys have a Merry Christmas. Thank yeah. you. That that just has all the makings of a bet gone wrong call. You know it. You can't. Look, I'll, I came in with Evan to say today. it? I came in to, uh, before the show. We started talking. I said, that was a great win, great win, great win. And I said, one thing we can't do today, Evan. We can't talk about how bad the Celtics were. <laughs> We can't. We, we can't dwell on how poorly coached they are. No, no, don't talk about that. Thank you. As a fellow Caucasian, I can say this: you cannot, you cannot be a white guy and miss six open threes. Yeah. You can't do it. No, no, you can't. Talking about Sam Hauser. Yeah, I thought Al Horford was particularly below average. I thought Jason Tatum was pretty bad. But you know what? Uh, yay! That's basketball. You got to give credit to Kaminga. There's no doubt Kaminga did a nice job on it. See CP3 in his jersey? Nine time all defensive team right there. Yes, he is. Better learn. Uh, let's go to uh, Kumar. Kumar's in Willits. You got to love Mendocino County, baby. Beautiful place. Hey there. Hey, hey there. Um, so I'm going to make this easy for you, Steiny. Oh. I think that uh, you're, you're absolutely right. In a one-on-one game, Curry doesn't crack the top 15, top 20, top 25. But basketball, the way it's played, is five-on-five. Five, and with his gravity, with the way he can turn mediocre shots all over the court into great shots, and with the work he puts in off-ball, he will always demand to be on any five-on-five team. And I think that is what puts him on the Mount Rushmore of all time. Hey, Kumar, question. Hold on, hold on. You're in one of my favorite areas, Willits. Can I ask you a couple questions? Of course. Right now, are you driving anything like a pickup truck? No, but everybody else is, and they're all white. And do you have, do you have, uh, do you have wood, some kind of lumber in your car or vehicle? No, but I recently chopped wood, and it's one of my favorite things in the world. You know what? We can end it there, Kumar. I love chopping wood. We have, uh, sometimes we go up to our little place in Canada, very rustic. Your island? Yeah, Yeah. I chop wood. I chop, I use a wedge. You don't even know what a wedge is, do you? 
I know what an axe is. What's a wedge? Uh, pitching. See? It's a machine that actually splits the wood for you. Oh, so you're machine. not actually chopping let me, wood. Let me tell you what the machine is. Thank you, John. Did that come over the air? That's the machine right there. Oh, my God. That's the machine. Doesn't have a hydraulic the biceps. Oh, boy. Ouch. I just got a cramp <clears throat> making a muscle. There. I need a video the next time you're out there chopping wood. Just I have the, a photo. In the I wilderness. Can... Oh. You know what? I'll have one to you by the end of next break. Steiny in a red flannel. I do it in gym shorts and a t-shirt. No, like, sometimes shirtless. I'll go shirtless on the island. I do not. I've, I have not gone shirtless in the United States, I would say, in 12 to 14 years. I will go shirtless in Canada, provided there's no video equipment. I can see out there with torn jeans tucked inside of galoshes. You're sitting there with a rustic battle axe. Not tell you something. <laughs> tell you something. I, I could have been. There are. I. I could have been somebody. I could have been like a trapper. I could have trapped stuff. I do know what a trapper is. Yeah. Yeah. You could, well, I don't know if you could have been. All you got to do is set the trap and chill. I think it's a little it. more difficult than that. No, that's what trap. Well, but then, but then you have to learn where to set the trap. And, exactly. You know you. You, so, so, okay, fine. I'd start out as a trapper's apprentice. That's fine. <laughs> Have you yeah. seen that Leonardo DiCaprio movie? The Revenant? No. I don't think you could ever do that. No, but I I saw... Oh, gosh. I was started to watch some documentary about some remote village in Siberia where everybody's either a trapper or a... Uh, I, don't know. I mean, you pretty much have to be self-sustaining at that point, right? What, do you think I can't self-sustain? No. Next question. Let me tell you something. You put me out there. <laughs> and naked and afraid. Can you imagine Matt Steinman? No, no, no. On naked and afraid. I mean, <laughs> you know, here, if you were a step ahead, John, you could have been. Can you imagine Matt Steinmetz on naked and afraid? I'm out. I lost. <laughs> I've been like I've been like a combination of Daryl the Guru Johnson and Knockout and Kramer in the contest. I lost. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. Yeah, I couldn't do that either. Naked and afraid. Hit the pike. What about uh I couldn't win that in a million years. What about like 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 the amazing race? No. No. Couldn't do that either? No. Absolutely. Survivor? Not. I don't no. know what other nope. ones there are out there, but Nope. I'm not a survivalist. But are you really? Did that come over the air? What'd you say? John. Do you want to say that? I'm actually trying to get on Survivor. That's John Lucan, our yeah. producer. Send in a few tapes. How do you, yeah, so you do that by sending in like a, yeah, so you send an in audition? A, typically it's around a four-minute video of uh, just you and a you in the day of a, of John Lucan, what you do, who you know. You don't know I, surviving. I can survive. You don't know that. I came from Redding, California. I thought you were from uh, Soquel. Well, I claim Santa Cruz because it's a little easier to talk about. Went to high school there. Shout out to the four one five. Sounds to me like though. Silver Spoon, Give. as opposed to uh, Trapper Man. Give Stanley a cow, and he can milk it. That's right. That's absolutely right. Uh, by the way, happy holidays to everybody out there. We got Christmas coming up soon. Diwali. Before we get out of here on Friday, Kwanzaa. we, we got to do like a, I don't know, like a wish list or some sort of year long wrap up. There's been so much that's happened. Actually, this is perfect because on Friday is your last day. Yeah. You won't be back until the new year. Right. So we can go through all the things you got wrong this year. Well, like you said, but I'm working. 
What do you mean? Why don't you do that on the day I'm not working because then I won't have to talk about my good deeds. By the way, I was thinking about what, what do they call this? This is a season of giving. Let me tell you what I like. I like the season of taking. When does this, <laughs> when's the season of taking? Seriously. That's the one I want. It's the summer. Give me, let's make it March. I'm decreeing March 2024. That's the season of taking on 95.7. Hold on. The game. No read. You put a cow in front of me and it's ready, I could milk it. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.